All you have to be is out of the the governance of God and you're under the the government government of Satan. Good evening, Crypt Keepers, and welcome to a very special episode of Cryptique. Ryan and I ask that you subscribe and tell a friend. It goes a long way for us, so thanks. Check out Movie Howl, and let's just jump right in. We want to welcome a special guest tonight. M.R. Gorga will be joining us to discuss demons. M.R. Gorga is a former copywriter and journalist with film and TV credentials, and he brings his talents to the paranormal horror genre. A child in the wake of Amityville Horror in the Summer of Sam, his talent for crafting hair-raising tales was first recognized in the fourth grade. Why don't you uh, introduce yourself and then you can, you know, tell us where the audience can find your work and then tell us the story about when you discovered you were going to be a writer. Uh, sure, yeah. Uh, well, I am M.R. Gorga and I'm the author of number one best-selling book on Amazon, uh, Demons Among Us, Shocking Real-Life Stories from the Paranormal. Um, you can find that at, uh, on Amazon, available in Kindle and in paperback versions. Uh, and uh, you can find me online on Instagram at m.r.gorga and on uh, Facebook at mrgorga. To, to talk a little bit about uh, how I got into writing I was given a you know a writing assignment as a as a kid. I was in fourth grade, and so I wrote this story. It must have been about uh, about some some mummy on a murder spree or something, and something <laughs> that the subject matter, some kind of subject matter that should probably not been in my head <laughs> at that <laughs> age. I would imagine it'll get you in trouble today. But, oh, a hundred percent right. And uh, and so I turn in my story. And I'm kind of, a, I'm a little nervous because, you know, I'm writing some some pretty creepy stuff for someone that age, right? My age at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, at night well, at home, uh, the phone rings and it's my teacher. And I think I'm in trouble. My parents answered, my mom answers the phone. And uh, I think I'm in trouble. And I was like, oh, no, what? <laughs> What's going to happen now? Uh-oh. <laughs> right. I'm like, oh, man. I'm... And so, but it was, in fact, it was quite the opposite. He said, uh, he told my mom, he said, you know, your your son has a real talent for writing. You need to enroll him in the Young Authors Club immediately. And so uh, ever since then, I've been, you know, I've been writing. And it was, you know, it's just, it's just crazy how, you know, how young that, that talent was sort of recognized um, at that age, you know? Absolutely. So you've been writing for a long time now, and we want to uh, talk about Demons Among Us for sure, but is there some older stuff? Like what what was your first work that you got published? Well, I've been, like you said, I've been writing a long time. Um, mm-hmm. I've been writing, I've, I've been published in magazines and various just articles. You know, people hired me to write, you know, articles and events and things of that sure. nature. Uh, I moved on to marketing and advertising. And so I, I've wrote tons of ads and, you know, ad okay. copy and, and things of that nature. 
But um, Demons Among Us is actually my first foray into the paranormal genre. Um, and, uh, you know, I was, I was lucky to be able to hit number one with my, um, you know, with my first shot, you know. That's awesome. That is fantastic. Good for you, man. That's, uh, you know, people don't realize how difficult it is to write a book. You know, you can write articles and blogs and stuff like that. But when you sit down and write a book, it's like, um, it's got to be overwhelming. Well, it's a whole other animal. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, you know, yeah, the, writing an article is easy. I could, you know, knock a polished draft out in, you know, four to six hours. Uh-huh. But the, the book itself was, um, you know, it was just a whole other mindset, really, because it was such a level of research that needed to kind of go into it. Um, mm-hmm. uh, chapter two was about the, the first fully documented eyewitness account of demonic possession in American history. And that had taken place in 1671, which was, you know, uh, two decades before the Salem witch trials. Mm-hmm. And I had to go back 350 years of history for that. So, um, you know, not only that, I, I hit uh, libraries. I, I was actually able to uh, unearth or touch these age-old parchments, you know, brittle yellow parchments with black flowing script from the 1600s. Wow. And, you know, in order to unearth that story um, in Chapter 2. And so the, it was it was just a level of in-depth research uh, that was, you know, you don't you don't get in... In, say an article mm-hmm. so when you started did you say i want to get this done in two years or i'm just going to write this and see how long it takes yeah uh i don't know if i had a set time i mean i know that i i, I wanted to knock it out like because because when i sure. went into this i was like okay i'm a you know i'm a pretty good writer i think and i can you know probably get this done fast but but because it was such a whole other animal it it took some time it took time developing my own voice you know it took time sure. you know um researching you know lots and lots of research on on just various things that are that are in the book and so uh, i went and in, went into it thinking that yeah i could probably knock this out quickly and then uh, lo and behold it took me three years <laughs> <laughs> well all good things come to those who wait so in your bio, before we jump ahead here, it says that you have no pets. So do you not have pets because they can see demons? A lot of people think cats and dogs. You know, I see my dogs just staring off into the corner looking like they're watching their own TV show half the time. Is that Does that have anything to do with your not having any pets? Well, I ate them. <laughs> I'm only kidding. I didn't eat them. Yeah, but uh, no, well, I just don't have pets. Yeah, it was funny. Okay. It was, it was, <laughs> I don't have pets because it, basically why I wrote that was like a take on everyone's author. Every author's bio is like, I live in, you know, San Diego, California with my pet, you know, dog, sure. you know, fluffy. And, and so you see that all the time. And I was, <laughs> so I was just being a bit cheeky when I wrote that. Gotcha. I get it. That's good. Always good to mix in a little humor before we get into such a harsh topic, really. We've just got some uh, questions kind of planned out here, but feel free to, you know, jump off in any direction you want. 
relate it to a chapter in the book or, or anything that, uh, you know, you feel comfortable with. So I'm just going to start off. What is a demon? Uh, demons are actually fallen angels. Um, okay. they're, spirit, they're spirit creatures. And so they are, are of high intelligence, highly manipulative, mm-hmm. extremely powerful, and ultimately evil. Is there a way to become a demon? As in like a serial killer that has pledged his life to Satan or, or you know, something I know it would have to be very extreme, but for a, a human soul to take that step? Yeah, well, the, the, the human cannot become a demon. You know, that's a whole other, you know, spiritual uh, force or, okay. or entity, but you can be... Uh, entirely demonized so and the extreme form is is demonic possession but there's also um, other ways where it's um, demonic harassment or oppression or you know life controlling oppressions and things of that nature but um, no the 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 human itself is not going to become you know a demonic uh, being (laughs) but you will you can be Um, taken over by demons well that makes sense so when we watch these shows or we hear these stories about people going into haunted houses or you know it's always insane asylums and prisons and stuff like that are those demons that are there or can there be other types of entities that are responsible for hauntings yeah it's to me it is my belief that they are everything that you see in those those things are ghosts or they call negative energies or that nature um those are to me my belief is these are demons in disguise um and so they take on these these kinds of forms i don't I, you know i don't know why they take on the form of a 18th century uh <laughs> you know 18th century woman with a flowing gown i have you know and sure. things of that nature i i don't know why but um, but they they are highly deceptive, so they're they're out to deceive, you know. And sometimes they just you know out to you know to blow your mind. But uh, the, the more you you tamper with these things, the more you kind of open up the doorways for these influences in your life. And um, they're very very powerfully negative <laughs> in very very negative ways that you know you don't want to. You know that could be very tormenting for an individual. You know, horrible dreams seeing you know seeing things and you know and hearing things harassments and all kinds of um demonic uh activities um can surround someone's life just by um engaging in all of these um you know seeking out the demonic in that nature okay so well that brings up an interesting question are these ghost hunters Mm -hmm. are we tampering or or kind of getting into things we shouldn't get into if we're going to say we're going to you know a haunted house whatever we want to see a ghost we want to get it on video or audio or whatever does that leave us open yeah most are tampering with an evil they that's beyond their understanding so a lot of people look at this as as entertainment where it's cool or it's creepy um you know and um, of course, there are you know, creepy elements to it and everything of that nature. It's also, it's tampering with an evil that's beyond our, our understanding. Um, and it is kind of 
um, allowing those entities access into into your life mm-hmm. um, with, unknowingly, and that's you know so that's the that's the dangerous part. The dangerous part is that it's a it's unknowing. So it's like you know you have investigators going in there, um, and you know they're they they're trying to take their you know the the readings, and all of a sudden something happens, and they they feel a you know a presence in the room. Mm-hmm. Um, and which they'll they'll say it's negative energy, but it's 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 evil and hatred, mm-hmm. and, and um, a deep 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 disdain for humanity, is what they actually uh, sense and feel. But the issue is, is that they go in and, um, unprotected, uh, sure. meaning that they have there's no guard uh, against these things from from attacking your life. And so when they they go into these places, they're they're really just set themselves up. <laughs> for for real demonic engagement. Yeah, that makes sense. Why do they hate us so bad? There's there's a number of reasons. Mine, I'm going to talk from a very very biblical perspective. Sure. And um, because this is how I understand what these things are. Um, and so um, the reason why they they hate us. Well, first let me let. Uh, uh, it's a layered answer. Okay. So let me start. Let me start from the beginning. So it's so it kind of has. You could see the, you know, follow the bouncing ball, so to say. Okay. Yeah. So when it comes to when it comes to evil, evil beings, demonic experiences, as I mentioned, they're they're fallen spirits, they're fallen angels, um, they're fallen angels from heaven because they've been cast out, and the reason they were cast out is because there was a rebellion in heaven, um, led by Lucifer. Who is the basically the the head of this rebellion? And so, what Lucifer was, Lucifer himself. Um, well, Hollywood paints like a really um, distorted picture of what the devil looks like, or Satan, or Lucifer, uh, mm-hmm. who he really is. Um, he's not a horned monster, and he's not a hairy beast, and he doesn't speak with a gravelly voice, and you know, so he's none of that. But what he was. Um, was the most beautiful angel or spirit being uh, God had ever created, and so he held he held a very very high rank. In fact, he was a guardian or the covering cherub of God's throne. It's not easy to get into you know God's proximity mm-hmm. of that like of that without if a human was to get into that proximity, you'd be incinerated. Mm-hmm. So, um, so that's not a, that's not an easy thing to to get into. So, um, and not only that, he was the most beautiful being because uh, in his being, uh, within his form, were were all kinds of shimmering jewels: was onyx, beryl, diamond, uh, sapphire, ruby, topaz. Uh, every glistening, shiny jewel was was part of his form. Um, and and so when he moved and when he you know when he just when he moved he was like flashes of light and so that's why his name is light bearer or light bringer right hmm. and um, so like in the light of God like this was like this this dazzling glistening shining absolutely powerful uh, beautiful being and not only was he the you know shimmering and this this dazzling spectacle, but it says that musical instruments were actually part of his form as well. 
uh, and it says pipes and timbrels, which is like you know musical musical instruments. So when he moved, he was orchestration, and he was worship to God. And it's also thought that he was heaven's um, uh, music minister or choir leader. So all of heaven sang the devil's songs, and so. I liken him who's like this celestial rock star of all of heaven, uh-huh. Lucifer was. And so he was near and dear to God's heart. And, and so he was, um, you know, no one knows how long he was there and no one knows when, it, when the fall actually happened. But because of the rebellion, he wanted to be like God or sit on the throne as God. He was so influential. And so manipulative, he was able to thre- to um, bring a third of the angels uh, to his cause, and you know, and then led this rebellion. So there was there was war in heaven, and he was cast out. Now, um, why now? Now getting to the question of you know why do they hate us so much? Okay, okay, because of his role, and because of their role, and because of their their splendor and because of the nearness of the ecstatic nearness of being in the light of God uh, in the the presence of of pure pure love right and not to sound cheesy but this overwhelming overwhelming love you know this this power and um, to be kicked out of the presence um, you was stripped of stripped of their roles stripped of their functions he was stripped of his of his high position, and he was uh, cast out of of heaven, uh, and you know, he was no longer um, he no longer had the the adoration of God. Mm-hmm. And now humanity, uh, people like me and you, have the uh, you know have the it's possible for us to have the admonition that he lost. So this thing is about, it's basically a cosmic jealousy. It's mm. basically, um, well, if I can't have him, <laughs> no one will. And so because you and I and everyone else or anyone listening has the, um, the ability to gain the attention and the adoration of, of God, you now, uh, you know, there is an eternal jealousy because, you know, for us as, you know, as his creation. And that's why. That's very interesting. I had not heard of of him being basically encrusted in jewels. And I, I yeah. find it interesting that that's something that humans really tend to covet are, you know, precious gems. So, yeah. When he was cast out of heaven and he took the, you know, the, some of the other angels with him, can he still appear in whatever form he wants to us? Like he can appear as, you know, a, a beautiful woman or a handsome man or pure light or as what, you know, we consider demons basically like looking like gargoyles or, or whatever. Can he appear to us like, you know, however he wants? Yeah, 100%. Um, the Bible says that the uh, the... The devil himself can transform or transforms himself into an angel of light. So if you if we just step back and think about that for a second, where it's like you have this the ultimate evil 
can appear to be the ultimate form of good. And this is where the deception lies because it, it takes real discernment to see like what what is you know, what is evil. So yeah, he can he can take the form of whatever person, you know, you can think of. Mm-hmm. He can take the form of a dead relative. He, mm-hmm. They can take the form of a dead child or a deceased child. They can take the form of you know a living child. Mm-hmm. But basically, yeah, they can take the they can take the form um, of of any any living or dead being. You know, because they they've been here since the beginning, and so they know, you know, they know what your your deceased grandmother looks like. They know what she wore. They know what her voice sounded like. They can sound exactly like her. They know what what perfume she wore. So they can smell like her. So everything that they can do is, you know, it, to deceive. Uh, they can do it, and it is to a T. So yeah, they can take on these. You know, they can take on religious figures. They could take on hmm. um, all kinds of. You know, uh, they could take on all kinds of um, of forms. You know, and you see that with like ghosts and everything like that. There's, you know, there's just no end to the. Uh, to the forms that they can take and uh, but yeah they can they can transform themselves into to anyone or anything they want basically so there's some philosophy out there that the seven deadly sins are kind of like the ten commandments to demons is that a, a belief you share or where do you stand on that well, yeah, I mean, it's an interesting question. I never thought of that as the Ten Commandments, but there's there's many sins. There's not just seven, <laughs> but there is. Sure. You know, I guess if you're if you're talking about you know greed, sloth, um, avarice, things of that nature, uh, yeah. So, so here's where we get into like what what demons actually how they function uh, according to who they are. Now, every demon has a name. I have a name, you have a name, everyone listening has a name. Um, and they also have names, but it's for us, it's but they're they're better recognized uh, according to their role, their function, or what they do. Uh, and many people don't realize or have never even thought of that these spirits, um, uh, there there are spirits of fear. So fear itself um, is a spirit entity um they're spirits of depression uh so they can debilitate you with life controlling depression um they're spirits of anger and hatred and um uh, pornea where we get her our word pornography from and there's spirits of pharmacoi where we get our word pharmacy from mm-hmm. so um so many people like have never thought about these things actually, uh, these debilitating things actually as as spiritual um, as spiritual entities. But this is how they they influence uh, the society around us without even knowing it, because we just think that we're just having you know problems, or we're just you know we're um, you know I'm just a hateful guy, or I'm just a greedy person. Sure. But but these are things that are actually um, controlled. They're they're actually able to control behind the scenes, um, in a sense. Well, that's very interesting. 
we look at Lucifer, Beelzebub, Satan. I think most people think of them as one single entity. Is that the case, or is there a different demon for like each of the seven deadly sins, so to speak? Yeah, um, so there is... Okay, so when you talk about uh, Satan or, or Lucifer, uh, in some instances you're just talking about... You're, you're talking about a singular entity, Satan or Lucifer, same being, right? Uh, but then you're also talking about in the broad sense where it's like uh, uh, the other demons in operation. Basically, that's like the works of the devil. So, so when I say like the devil... Um, you know, in the general sense, that's not saying that there's one being just infecting one person mm -hmm. everywhere around sure. the world. <laughs> so, in some instances it's singular, and then and then some instances I'll talk about the devil in the broad sense, meaning that um, these dark forces are you know, okay. the work of the devil. Sure, in a sense, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. And so, but yeah, um, the, the the seven. To look at it as the seven deadly sins, you know, avarice, sloth, greed, uh, anger, um, whatever else I can't think of them right now, lust. But yeah, those are all um, those are all separate uh, types of demons, uh, and so, but they're all under the head of Satan or Lucifer. And and Satan, by the way, is his title. That's not his. his Satan's not his name. That's his title. It means supplanter, adversary, and. Um, and so when he fell, uh, he you know he he lost his domain, but he, he was now recognized by his his character or his nature, and that is Satan. His 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 name is still Lucifer, but he's his his character is Satan. It is, you know, sure. that makes sense. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right. So what can you tell? And, and I know that your area of focus is Christianity. Am I right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm a believer. I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. Okay, so am I. I think Ryan, I can speak for Ryan as well. Um, what do we know, and I know Lilith is kind of considered a, a Jewish demonic entity, but w what can you tell us about Lilith? Well, there's, you know, not much at all, if anything, in the Bible about that. So I, I can't speak on it other than I, I believe it's a, a, a feminizing spirit. Okay, well, or a, Jez or a Jezebel spirit. Well, oh, explain that to me. I, I haven't heard that term, a Jezebel spirit. A Jezebel spirit would be a, uh, a a feminizing or emasculating spirit that wants to dominate and take control. Gotcha. Where God has given um, the the role of authority uh, to men, they seek to usurp that authority. Okay, well, that makes sense. So, in your research. Have you talked to people, spoken with people that either have or believe they have been possessed or oppressed or anything? Hey, my name is Ryan. And I'm pretty sure I'm Joe. And we are the hosts of Movie Hell, a podcast all about movies and pop culture. We're two buddies who talk about this stuff anyway and wanted to share our own madness with all of you. Yeah, we have these discussions anyway and rant and rave about movies, TV, and pop culture in general, so why not share it? The objective of Movie Howl is to bring you reviews and discussions of flops to avoid, new stuff to see, and hidden gems that might end up being your new favorite. 
Whether you're looking for that perfect movie for Friday night or wondering if anybody else found Mr. Nobody as unsettling as you did, I'm sure there's something for everyone to enjoy. And if not, let us know and we can always learn and improve. Ah, boy, do we have room to improve. You can listen to Movie How on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Overcast, and pretty much anywhere else fine podcasts are curated. Well, in the book, in Demons Among Us, I talk about um, these are um, mostly my own stories, um, as well as, you know, the first uh, fully documented case of demonic, uh, recorded case of demonic possession. Um, And so I didn't actually go out and speak to people who were like, you know, hey, I was possessed. And so I didn't do that. I basically wrote um, about the things that were happening to me. Uh, and so Demons Among Us is actually an answer to um, a string of nighttime assaults I was experiencing at one, at one time. I was, I was suffering from nightly attacks. And so I would wake with um, steely hands clutched around my neck, you know, woken from a dead sleep oh. um, to being strangled by some invisible entity. Invisible entity. Mm-hmm. Um, you, nighttime, you, like chest suppressions and people always say it's oh it's sleep paralysis or that's nothing of the sort because it it comes with such you know such fear and such palpable fear that that enters the room so it's i i don't i don't look at that as sleep paralysis um uh, evil whisperings in some kind of like demonic some kind of demonic language being whispered into my ear, trying to speak things into my life. Mm-hmm. Um, probably not very good things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't understand the language, but I knew it wasn't good. Right. Um, scratchings, bitings, things of that nature. And so, um, but what I did do um, was at uh, one point I was uh, I was an intercessory prayer leader for the church or the ministry I belonged to. Uh, and we would get together on Thursday nights, and at the end of Thursday night, um, we we all kind of gathered in a circle, and we're you know, and that's when we kind of like prayed for everybody else's needs or whatever, uh, whatever they were kind of going through. And uh, and so I, I asked them. There's about 30, 25, 30 people, and said, uh, let me let me ask you guys. I said, uh, is anybody experiencing these these attacks at night? And, and so um, one by one these hands started to raise and wow. when they were all up it was 13 people in all hmm. all suffering uh, the same and similar attacks at the same time uh and so uh in that regard that's that's how i know that there was you know there was something really kind of going on and and uh, demons among us is an answer to those string of attacks because you know i'm like all right you're gonna you're gonna attack me all right i'm gonna expose your tactics Mm-hmm. You know, and so that's why I wrote Demons Among Us was to actually open the eyes to people uh, to alert them of the the dark forces and the and the dark influences that are functioning all around them and around us uh, without even knowing it because you can't see it so you don't know it's there. Sure, and that's why I and that's why I wrote the book. It was an answer to these these nighttime assaults, and um, you know, and I wanted to expose these entities for what they are so if people feel like they're being oppressed tempted 
well, we're all being tempted all we're the time. We're always tempted, yeah. yeah. They can kind of get some inspiration from the book then and kind of find out what you did to battle back, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. I mean, it's, awesome. it's funny because people, it's, uh, Demons Among Us does a really weird thing where I didn't, I didn't, I, I couldn't foresee it. <laughs> and it was, it's, so it's basically uh, when you look at the, the rankings and the sales and the, um, but basically it's, I have, uh, it's been number one in occult and demonology. And at the same time, on the other end of the spectrum, it's you know, a, a Christian evangelism or warfare. Mm-hmm. So it's doing this really strange thing as 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 dividing this gap mm-hmm. um, b- between these two, you know, these two spectrums, and it's kind of very interesting to see. I don't think I've ever quite seen a uh, a book do that before. Yeah, I haven't either. That's that's really cool. That's great. What can you tell us without you know giving away the end of the story? Give us a little teaser about maybe one of the uh, strangest encounters that you had. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll tell you the story because it's I can't tell one part of the story without the other. They kind of interconnect. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, and you know, it's the most frightening or most terrifying thing that had ever happened to me at that uh, at that time of you know writing the book. And I was uh, I was uh, let go from a job. I I was. Uh, in the marketing department uh, at a at a local newspaper, so I lost my job. That meant I lost my apartment downtown. So I moved into um, a a two story townhome out west, where it was uh, my a family member had left it. And when I when I showed up to the property, it literally looked like the Adams family could have been living there. I mean, it was it was the grass was brown and overgrown. Um, you know, there was just uh, there was drifts of sand in <laughs> this deep set driveway, um, and uh, even the fence door was hanging by one hinge, and it was creaking in the wind. It really looked like a, a horror show. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and the the apartment itself, the exterior itself was creepy because it has these two two block square windows on either side that looked out over the over the property with uh, like these two vacant eyes. And so it really kind of had this haunting Amityville horror kind of vibe going on. And so, and that's what I, (laughs) and that's what I walked into. And then when I walked inside, it looked like no one ever left. I mean, it was literally, there was toys. Uh, It was heartbreaking really. It was, there's toys uh, still everywhere. I mean, all the furniture still in there bills on the table, dishes in the sink, milk in the fridge. It really looked like they were going away. Uh, I mean, went to the store and they were coming and they were coming back, you know? And so, uh, so this is where I, I kind of set up shop. And, uh, one night, uh, I was upstairs, uh, in the master bedroom and I was, I was trying to, to go to sleep. And all of a sudden I smell this foul odor wafting through the house and it's, it smells like something rotten, but with a, uh, a chemical kind of gassy note. So it almost smelled kind of chemically. And, and I'm, sn- so I get up and I'm sniffing around the house and I, 
and I, I go downstairs and it's not the garbage and it's not the garbage disposal or anything like that and then I uh, I look up at the air vent so I'm like maybe it's coming from there and then so I get a chair I hook up on the air vent and then there's this 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 rot blowing into my face just breathing on my skin it's coming from the air vent mm. and I'm like oh man so I hike down off the chair and I cut the power to the um, to the AC get back up on the chair and this thing is still this this rotting smell is still breathing out of the air vents and now it's going without electricity so at that point I have a very sneaky suspicion that something's going on absolutely <laughs> and so I was like oh man so uh, and so I go back upstairs and I go to uh, go to sleep go to try to try to go to sleep and it's 3:33 in the morning and then I hear something call my name and it said uh, calls my name and it says and it says it real slow and serpentine and very very creepy and it sounded as far it sounded both far away and near at the same time like it was spoken from the bowels of a cave mm. and so and I'm on my one side and I'm like I'm not turning over. <laughs> so, right. um, so I'm like, uh, and then so finally, mm. when I I turn over, and I look up, and there's this thing looming over my bed, this figure in black, and it was tall, lanky, with crooked shoulders, and its face was sort of hidden deep in the cowl of its of its hood in the shadows, and its head was cocked, and it had this broad grin across its face. And it was looking down at me like with this demented smile, mocking. And then I felt something on my chest. So I looked down and there's this clawed hand creeping slowly up my chest. And I, I, I feel it as real as any, any touch uh, as ever. And, and so that was the first time I've ever felt, um, I've had many encounters, but this was the very first time it appeared in the natural and was physically touching me that I could, you know, that, and I could see it and feel it as real as any, as anything. And an interesting thing about this figure, um, was that it's, it's form was as, as much as it was physical, it was spiritual, meaning that when I, I looked down at, at its, at its gown, um, and it was flowing, uh, like it was underwater. Uh, but there was also parts of it you could see through, and so it was it was absolutely 3D. But then there were act actual like parts like towards the bottom of its gown um, that you could see through. It was like very ghosty and hazy, kind of uh, gauzy looking. And so that was the the most terrifying encounter I've ever had, simply because that was the first time it manifested into the natural and. Uh, it took on that natural form and was physically touching and you know threatened it was threatening me to to kill me mm. that's what that was that's why it was it was moving its hand uh clawed hand all the way up you know, up my chest that does not sound like sleep paralysis <laughs> go, go ahead uh, ryan I'm far sorry. from it <laughs> Well, I was going to ask, this occurred to me earlier, but is there a reason in particular that you think you've been targeted? 
yeah, it's because of my function in, in ministry. Uh, as I mentioned, I was, um, you know, a prayer leader. And, and basically uh, what that does is uh, it, it puts a target on your back. Uh, you, you now, you know, you have, you're engaged in warfare. You're engaged in a battle. And so, uh, and the, the stronger you get or the, um, the higher you, you kind of go in ministry, the, the greater or bigger this target gets. Uh, so these things um, come after me and individuals like me um, in order to, you know, in order to frustrate uh, the progress or to, you know, um, just to harass uh, people who are really doing damage to the kingdom of darkness. What about, I mean, there are a lot of cases of people who aren't involved in any kind of ministry. Do you think there's any sort of common factors with people who are targeted either that are, you know, are experiencing demonic oppression or possession? Yeah. I mean, there's, you know, um, yeah, you don't, you don't have to be, you know, there's lots of people that are experiencing things, uh, experience things all the time. Uh, you know, you see them on, you know, various shows and, you know, people encounter, you know, demonic things and they get a haunting in the house and then it starts progressing to some very serious threatening and, and it becomes a serious deadly threat within the home, right? Um, and a lot of times um, people, uh, they, they allow these things in by, by tampering with the occult. Um, so a lot, and there's a lot of doorways there's a lot of doorways that you, you can open in order to invite these things into your into your life, and so there's there's people you know deal with um, you know tamper with uh, a Ouija board, trying to conjure spirits, tarot cards, palm reading, um, psychic readings, uh, horoscopes, um, conjuring the dead, or you know uh, necromancing and trying to conjure the dead. All these things are cult practices that are actual doorways uh, that they use to enter into an individual's life. Um, and so when we when we mess with these things, we really don't understand like what we're we're opening up. And so if you if you try to cast out these demons or whatever, and a lot of times they'll say, "Well, I was invited. I belong here. This one's mine." And the reason why they think that is because you did. You, you invited them in by what you were, you opened a door for them. And so they take it as, well, I was invited. They want me here. Hmm. And are there ways that somebody could protect themselves if they had, you know, gone to, I mean, I've seen people using tarot cards just out in public and offering to do mm -hmm. it for just somebody randomly sitting next to them at like a coffee shop or whatever. Sometimes you find people who yeah. are just into that kind of thing but i mean are there yeah, proper the ways to protect yourself or is i mean i assume the best protection is just to avoid these you know activities or objects or rituals or whatever that invite them in in the first place right right exactly yeah the first thing is to, to don't even mess with it in the first place right but second of all uh, and more importantly is there is no protection against them without Jesus Christ. Your life is literally um, open to absolute assault. Uh, you, w w without Christ, there is no protection. In fact, uh, Jesus has given his followers or his believers just this un 
unbelievable power um, to cast them out. And what he said was, um, I give you authority, or I give you the power to trample on snakes and scorpions and all the power of the enemy. Um, and so what that means is he has given these mere humans this undescribable power to take dominion or to um, overpower spiritual ageless spiritual entities spirit beings which are you know demonic angels and so he's given this un you know unhuman power into you know frail humanity <laughs> over these supernatural creatures it's a it's an unbelievable things that he's given so it's all and it's only in his name uh where you have the true protection um and are able to cast these things out and to take authority over them rather than them having uh, authority over you and it's a funny thing because that creature that spirit uh that black spirit that was looming over my bed once i was able to talk sure. because what happens is they take your your breath away for a while and like you so you literally think that you're you know you're you're, you're choking they don't you can't cry out or nothing but once i was actually able to speak uh, I, you know, I called on Jesus, and instantly this thing melted into itself like like droplets of rain, like a mist. And so at at the, the at that name, just at the name alone, these these creatures um, flee. And so that's the power that's been given. So yes, there is protection. Uh, the protection and the power is in Jesus alone. And this power, I'm assuming, a lot of this is the what we would know is like the Catholic rites of exorcism. Uh, well, I don't believe in the the in the Catholic manner. Um, so you know, I don't I don't take out a crucifix and holy water and say say rites. All I have to do, and all followers have to do, is call on Jesus's name. That's it. That's how powerful it is. Because uh, the, the name of Jesus, when you look at some of the stories in the Bible, um, there is a a story in the Bible talks about Jesus casting um, the demons out of a man uh, in the, uh, the Gadarenes, and he was basically running through graveyards and in the tombs, screaming, hollering, cutting himself with glass and uh, cutting himself with stones. I mean, and and whatever. And um, and so when Jesus comes across the shore, uh, he runs up to him, and the demons speaking, and he says. What if we have to do with you, son of the most high God? Have you come to torment us before the time? Mm -hmm. Meaning that these demons recognized how powerful he was. Meaning that he had the authority to cast them into cast them into hell. Uh, because he said, "What well, you know? Have you come to torment us?" He knew that Jesus was going to torment them, and he said, "Have you come to torment us uh, before you know before that time?" Because they know there's an appointed time, right? they know that he's so powerful they have to answer to him and so um and so what happened is they begged him uh not to torment them but to cast them out into the into the herd of pigs up at the top of the hill and so he he says well what is your name and he says well my uh, name is my name is legion because we're many and that name legion uh denotes uh, back in the roman roman army it would have been um uh, at least two thousand soldiers. It was a it was a, a military term, oh. and so he casts these demons into this herd of swine or these herd of pigs, 
possibly about 2,000, and they ran violently down the hill because they possessed these things. So they're running like crazy, and they drown themselves into the sea. And so, uh, so what I, I said all that to say is that that Jesus has power over all of these demonic forces and dark powers, just in the very name alone, and they're terrified of it. And so, um, that that's how we can have victory over these things. That's how we can have uh, keep ourselves um, uh, keep ourselves protected. Uh, from these things now you're not doesn't mean that you're not going to have attacks uh, now and again but you have a, a great power that's been given in order to drive these things out so it's more about faith than ritual uh, it's more about faith. yeah oh yeah yeah it's more about faith yeah so uh yeah i i don't use it in the i don't i don't describe to the catholic mm. um the, the catholic manner of of this uh, all I have to do is use the name of Jesus. Okay. So I don't need, yeah, I don't need, I don't need, you know, holy water or, or anything. I don't need to burn sage. I don't need to, uh, not that they burn sage, but I don't need to do any of those things. I just need to call on one name. Interesting. So you were talking about that the demons were just sort of doing their thing. I'm curious if you have, I'm kind of struck by an idea or a thought. Uh -huh. while you were talking about that that i think it's scarier to me to imagine that a demon is just doing its thing as opposed to having a specific goal in mind you know that it just possessing people tormenting people you know whispering causing these smells these experiences for people to shake our faith or whatever it is that their goal is it it's stranger to think that it's just the mechanics of what they do it's just you know like how an animal, yeah. you know, has certain things that they do. A cat's going to scratch stuff up, you know. Dogs yeah. are going to bark at noises. Like, demons are just going to do this. There's no goal. There's no necessarily, like, rhyme or reason as to why they're doing it. There's nothing they're ultimately trying to achieve. But that's what I want to ask. Like, is there something that they're ultimately after? Or is it just them doing their thing? Yeah, well, it's both. I mean, they're doing their thing. But their thing is, is to, <laughs> their ultimate goal is to steal, to kill, and destroy so it's they just don't want to harass their ultimate goal is to kill you um deceive uh you know to to deceive to to destroy to destroy faith destroy your life uh and ultimately um kill you by these means or whatever it is that they do right um if you're into, you know depression and and suicide and they, they some of them a lot of them they they work in tandem so you you, you know so you get like depression and suicide go hand in hand right so you have these you know these two things and ultimately they're trying to drive you to kill yourself uh and that's just one instance so, but um you know or they'll you, you'll get into um behaviors um and addictions uh that will kill you uh that they're a driving force behind and so yeah they are just doing their thing but they're doing their thing with the intent to destroy deceive and kill you and I, I apologize if i missed it earlier but is possession always from a demon or is it sometimes from some other spirit no possession uh, possession is always from uh, a demonic entity that's uh invaded the person's life um meaning that there's a couple of stages so it just doesn't just doesn't typically start as uh possession right that's the culmination is to take over 
um, take over an individual bodily. Um, at first, it starts as like as um, you know harassment if you have allowed these things in or uh, through some various means, but. Uh, a lot of times it'll start as harassment and then it'll start progressing uh, to oppression um, and then uh, the longer you engage in said behavior or said uh, activity uh, the more susceptible you are to this thing coming in and invading uh, your life and one of the examples I actually like to um, to to tell is because uh, I, I, because I don't have a better example mm -hmm. is the um, is the story of Judas, right? So we we all know who Judas was. He he betrayed Jesus, right? So um, so Judas had a Judas had a problem, and, and Judas was greedy, and so what Judas's role was in in the ministry of Jesus was that he um, he was the keeper of the treasury who he kept the money box, and so little you know. Little by little, and here and there, uh, Judas would take from the, the money. He would take, you know, uh, take a little here, take a little there. So basically, he was stealing from the treasury. Um, and so, so basically, what what Judas was functioning under was a spirit of greed. So when the opportunity arose to sell out Jesus for thirty pieces of silver, he took the opportunity to sell him out. Now, at the Last Supper, uh, right before Jesus was betrayed and arrested and, and crucified, uh, they had this last meal together, and, um, and he knew that Judas was going to betray him, so he says, to him, um, he says to him, what you do, do quickly. And then the Bible says, and then Satan entered him, meaning that there was a progression of this, or functioning under this spirit and engaging in this behavior that allowed entry into, um, that allowed him to be taken over um, by Satan to betray the Son of God. And it was the uh, a spirit of greed which was operating. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it does. Because I've, I've, you know, some stuff I've watched, you know, some things on the Travel Channel or whatever, they're kind of hokey. <laughs> and they'll talk about... Um, either possession by a human spirit or an influence or some kind of attachment that's not necessarily demonic so uh but yeah the way the way you described it is kind of how i understand you know my limited understanding i've never you know written anything or done serious research on it but right. yeah it goes from kind of a, a an influence well like you said like an invasion yeah. to an influence and then it gets stronger and stronger until that influence takes such hold that the demon is fully in control. Yeah, exactly. So it's like you can engage in, you know, and it's not just greed or whatever. It could be, you know, it could be, it could be lust. It could be um, anger. It could be uh, unsatisfaction because in the story in, in chapter two uh, about the, uh, it's a 16 year old girl who was a, uh, a maid servant or a maid to the town minister um, and she was she was harassed and was you know I don't want to give away the whole story but she was she was harassed because just because she was unsatisfied 
were unhappy with where her station in life was, you know, because she was a there's there no opportunity. I mean, it's literally she's just a servant. And so, you know, and, and that opened the door for like demonic temptations and harassments. Hmm. So I kind of wanted to switch gears a little bit. I've read about this online in, in forums, and I've also seen, you know, uh, these different series or, you know, independent documentaries that'll be made where people like Jay, people who are, you know, sort of ghost hunters or paranormal investigators will come in and they'll look at what people think are like UFO sightings or mm -hmm. alien activity. Right. And it, they end up finding that it's more, you know, in, in line with what you would expect with demonic activity. It is, it is, it is lockstep. Um, absolutely the same exact thing because my take on this is that these are uh, demonic beings um, and we're going to start seeing uh, more of this stuff as we come towards um, uh, the last days the Bible talks about the last days and meaning that we're you know we're drawing to a close here right so uh, so the the more the closer or the deeper we get into the last days the last days are actually going to be hallmarked by um, very, very uh, demonic um, activities and visuals uh, and things of that nature. You're going to see false miracles. You're going to see uh, false Christ. You're going to see false, you know, just a lot of false things. And the Bible says, as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be like the coming of the Son of Man, or meaning the re at the return of Jesus, it's going to look like um, when he came, when the world was flooded uh, at the time of Noah. So that's what he's saying there. Um, and so what we can glean from that is um, what was happening at the time of Noah was that um, there were demonic spirits, evil spirits, and they were coming down and they were having sex with the women and the women were bearing children and these children were um, a halfling breed of de of you know fallen demonic angel and human uh, and these were the giants which were called Nephilim mm. and and so and these were like evil spawn and so there was and what had happened was there was such evil on the land or in the in the world of Noah's day uh, because of these demonic beings um, that God had to destroy it with a flood and save like basically only eight people. Uh, and so that's exactly what he's saying is you know, when the Son of Man or when Jesus Christ comes back uh, to earth, these things are going, these similar things are going to be going on. So I think the more we kind of get into deeper into these last days, we're going to see these types of manifestations of um, of evil spirits, and like I said before, uh, how he can transform himself into anything he wants, you know, and they can transform into any being they want. I believe that's what's happening, uh, and they always um, offer the same thing. When you when you listen to these stories, there's it's always very similar. Like they're they're always they're offering knowledge. Um, in exchange for um, so, so, something that you have to give, like uh, a blood thing, or a, it's just very, very, very similar to to demons and how Satan Satan works. 
And so um, I believe what you're going to see in the last days uh, is more and more and more of this stuff. And do you see signs of that happening now? I mean, signs of it starting or the final days approaching. Yeah, I do. Absolutely. Uh, just last week, I was watching a news story about a man who was uh, had a chip in his hand, and he was paying for everything, and he was unlocking his doors, and he was getting into his car, and he was getting into his house. And um, Well, the reason why that is interesting, because thousands of years earlier, it was written in the Bible that um, uh, there will be a, a what we term, what's termed the mark of the beast, and what the mark of the beast is, um, it's an economic system that people are tied into. Uh, it says that no man can sell or buy unless he has the mark of the beast in his hand or his forehead, meaning that this was a, um, a basically a, a system, a monetary system that people were tied into and able to buy, sell, and trade. And I don't know about you, but if you look at it mathematically, how that was written 2,000 years ago, to a man operating everything with his hand with a chip. Now the Bible said it was a mark, but back then they would have never known what a chip was. Right. Right? So it would have been it would have been a mark. So I believe we are seeing the mark of the beast system coming together and it's going to come together in an economic um a, a tied-in economic system uh which is actually going to be the reason why it's the mark of the beast because it's the beast system. And so it's, you know, it's a satanic system uh, that controls people uh, monetarily. Uh, and so uh, we, we're, people aren't going to be able to buy, sell, or trade um, without it at some point. And that's how you're going to get control. Well, how am I going to eat? Well, I'm going to have to take this thing in my hand. I can't. What am I going to do about kids? So I got to, you know, I got to take this thing. I'm going to keep my job. I got to get this, you know, they're forcing me to take this thing in my hand, right? And so you're, you're going to see people, um, and it says both high and low, so it's everybody, um, tied into this thing, whether coerced, forced, um, you know, or voluntarily, we're starting to see that now. Right. Yeah, I can see... It's kind of hard to dismiss. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can see ways that that's kind of happening already in terms of the way we interact and support ourselves being controlled well you saw it with COVID, yeah yeah any large company can kind of exert control once they get market dominance so to speak mm -hmm. and they can start to remove some of your freedoms i mean apple is infamous for products that will only work with other apple products mm -hmm. so i could imagine a world like where i mean we're moving so quickly towards everything being digital or tap to pay right you know when it comes to transactions right. or you know that there's a, a high degree of control over how we interact with each other financially and how we interact with our our money and how yeah i mean a lot of this is stuff that jay and i talk about a lot just personally you know the way that they were tracked by everything all the time i knew people who thought that there were trackers in the vaccines or something like that mm -hmm. and i just pulled my phone out and put it down on the table and i was like there's your tracker yes exactly like, we all have these already this stuff's already happening yeah, but yeah 100 percent. and uh, yeah i mean it, and it's it's coming it's coming fast um and you know what to me it's to me it's here when i you know when i talked about this 20 years ago 
you know, people thought I was like insane because when I saw people, when I saw them um, putting these trackers in their pets, and I said, well, this is a precursor to what's happening, what's going to happen. And they're like, oh, no, you're crazy. It's just for the pets. I'm like, okay, we'll see. And so, um, you know, now 20 years later, um, it's, it, you know, it's happening, right? Uh, not because I said so, but because the Bible said so. Mathematically impossible for that to be wrong or mathematically impossible for that to happen exactly how it's happening right now. According to trackingsystemdirect.com, there are chips already being implanted in children just the same as, as we have in our pets. And right now, according to them, it's just like it is with the pets. Like if, you know, there's a child in question, maybe they were kidnapped or missing or lost or whatever, they can scan them and say, oh no, this is so-and-so, these are his parents, let's get him back. But we can't be that far away from, if not already there, uh, of being tracked by things that are implanted in us, like a like a tracking chip like this. Uh, it, it can't be far off that it, there's going to be a, a signature that you know satellites can pick up or right well yeah no it's 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 definitely here and it's you know and it's coming and when it's going to come it's going to come quickly um you know because you if, if you take the the whole covid thing as like a soft launch in a sense that's how i look at what happened with covid was a, a soft launch mm -hmm. to test the resolve of the people and uh and the people who fell you know lockstep in line I always I, I liken to those. I said, ah, now I know who's going to take the mark. <laughs> so, and you know, and it's not going to appear like an evil thing. As a fact, going back to what we're talking about, where it says um, the the devil himself transforms himself into uh, an angel of light, um, meaning that he's never going to come out and say, hey, everybody, this is an evil thing, right. and you need to accept and and yeah, take this. So what he's always going to do, he's always going to um, wrap this thing in something of good, meaning, well, you can track your kids. So if it gets lost, you'll be able to find it. That's a good thing, right? Right. Right. So, so but it's, it's the human nature not to just stop at a certain, a certain thing. It's always, mm -hmm. it, it always pushes further. Like, it, like the door, it's, I always talk about like the creaking door syndrome. So you, you put a foot in the door, right? And, but that, but that's not enough. It has to, you know, it gets pushed open a little bit wider and then a little bit wider and then a little bit wider. But what they do is like, eventually they just, you know, they kick the door down and rip it from its hinges. And, and the trick, is, the thing is, is that all these things that they say that, oh, it's just, it's just, just as a keyword, by the way, like right. it's just this. It, it means it. It's that word just uh, uh, seeks to minimize um, or disguise the evil of a thing. So when you hear that, oh, it's just to track your kids. Oh, it's just to keep you safe. Oh, it's just to do this. Um, it, look a little deeper because there's probably a very sinister thing underneath that. So do you think that these systems are themselves inherently satanic or do you think it's the susceptibility of the people who create them and can never you know get to a point where they just say that's enough that'll do well the, the human no they'll never they'll never say that's enough 
you know. Right. So do you think it's an influence, a demonic influence on the people that create these systems and run them that'll be the problem or yeah well here's what here's what i think like uh, i always talk about like um people being under the influence uh or satanic or demonic or dark being under the influence of dark forces um both knowingly and unknowingly now i believe there's a lot of people who are working in this system um unknowingly not aware of what they're doing actually it's under um the demonic or dark the influence of dark forces uh so they just think they're doing their thing um not knowing that they're actually ushering in um a form of you know an evil right uh and then there's those who uh do it knowingly (laughs) so they know full well what they're implementing and what they're trying to uh and what they're trying to accomplish uh so I believe that there's there's people. I, I think to answer your question, it's both. It's both people, people at a very very high level who who know what they're doing, uh, or is uh, is an evil, and then there's people under them working. They're just kind of like you know, I guess just following orders in a sense, and they're just kind of doing their thing, not knowing that they're uh, assisting. They're in compliance right. with a work of evil. Kind of like. Uh like air tags and these new tractors that we have that are that were at least according to the advertisements and reviews they were meant to just help you find your keys if you drop them somewhere but now people are using them to stalk you know whoever yeah. it is that they're after they're people find nefarious uses for any of this stuff really yeah anything that can be used for good will be used for evil as well yeah yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I could I could use a hammer to build a house, or I could use it to smash someone's head. So, you know, so any tool can be a tool. It just depends who whose hand it's in. But uh, when you start talking about these things, I don't trust the hands. Right. So while we're on this deep dive, which I absolutely love, by the way, guys, is there anybody out there right now? And you can say you don't want to answer and I'll cut the whole thing out of the podcast, but is there anyone out there right now that you have even a suspicion might be the Antichrist? Next, we might consider covering the Doddleston messages. These are messages that were received by a high school teacher in the UK in 1984 on a BBC Micro B computer that he had checked out from the school he worked for. What happened was this person, Ken, his girlfriend and a friend who had been staying with them, left one night and they had been using the computer to record ideas or lyrics or whatever it was they were doing because they were creative types. And they left it on when they went out and when they came back, the word processing program built in called Edward had a new document and this document contained really unusual and cryptic language and questions and appeared after some investigation to potentially have been written by somebody from the 15th or 16th century who had lived in the home that they were currently in and the entire Doddleston messages case covers an investigation of messages going back and forth to the past to the future how it could have been hoaxed, other things that happened to the people living in that house, people who were brought in to investigate. And I think it's a really interesting story that we should look at. 
Is there anyone out there right now that you have even a suspicion might be the Antichrist? Uh, that's a really good question. Are we talking like high-level CEOs having their eyes wide shut parties and stuff like that? or Yeah, well, obviously there's that. There's a lot of that stuff going on yeah. in super society and stuff like that. Let me talk about – I'm going to make you guys – I'm going to let you guys make the judgment. So I'm going to, I'm going to tell you – show you how these dark forces work in society, um, and then I'm going to have you guys make the judgment, okay? All right. Sounds great. Okay. All right, so here's how the demonic realm works. So basically in Demons Among Us, I, I rip back the veil of the paranormal, and I show you how these things actually function in the world uh, around us. Okay, so now if you can think of this realm, it's a kingdom, right? There's, it's the kingdom of darkness, which means it's a government. So it's a government of darkness. I'm with you. Um, okay. Now, if you can look at the demonic realm um, as influencer marketing, and we all know what mar influencer marketing is, right? So we take somebody who has a billion followers and we, 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 we put a jar of face cream in their hand and say, here, uh, put this uh, on your Instagram uh, to your followers. And then everybody buys this you know, magic cream uh, to 16 million followers, right? Uh, and so basically the demonic realm is like uh, influencer marketing. And if I was a smart devil, which he is, very smart, um, who would I go after? Well, I would go after heads of state. I'd go after uh, presidents, world leaders. I'd go after um, judges. Mm -hmm. I'd go after you know magistrates, authorities. I'd go after rock stars singers mm -hmm. entertainers and athletes and i'd go after everybody who has influence and i'd put my idea in their mind and i just have them tout my uh, ideology of evil and mm -hmm. that's how demonic that's how these that's how the demonic realm works it's almost like influencer marketing all right ryan who's your antichrist man <clears throat> i'm still stuck on ideology of evil being a great band name <laughs> Thank you. Actually, um, send me royalties. <laughs> <laughs> I I really don't. Well, it has to be somebody that's liked, though, right? To be the actual yes. Antichrist is somebody yes. who's going to kind of be like Lucifer and, and shine like a light to everybody, and everybody's going to love them. Is that right? That's correct. That's correct. In fact, it says, the Bible says that he comes in like a lamb. Mm. And so he's not coming in. And he's not going to show up and say, hey, everybody, <laughs> it's me. It's Antichrist. Right. Finally, I'm here. Right? right. It's you're not going to get that. You're going to get a, a leader, a world leader um, that rises um, most probably from chaos, kind of like Hitler did. Sure. Um, and so so you have this world leader who kind of um, he he comes in like a lamb. He's got all the answers. And there's no way this guy could be evil. Mm -hmm. No way. Look at all the good he's doing. Right. Right. It has to be somebody non-obvious. Super not obvious. And then when you start to see false miracles, well, you're like, well, this guy's the fucking bee's knees. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah, he's coming in. You're not going to know it. You're not going to know it's it's evil. You're not going to know it's sinister. 
but you know at some point he's going to show himself as you know as antichrist but for a number of years he's got the wool pulled over not just one nation the entire world mm. so but who is antichrist i don't know i i is he alive yeah i think so um is he risen to power yet i don't i don't believe so but if we can take the mark of the beast sample that we were talking about earlier we can know that real we are real close because it's the beast system that's implemented through him yeah if you're if you're asking me um i don't know i mean i i you talked about singers and i just recently went to uh the trinity of terror tour it's this concert tour with these mm -hmm. kind of sounds awful they're, right they're popular in their niche <laughs> <laughs> but it's something my fiance made me go to because she's a big metalhead, uh -huh. and it, and a lot of people would think that well that's obvious, right? It's one of these guys, the kind of imagery that they use. Right. But a lot of what they sing about, if you act, which you know I had no choice but to to sit there and listen, is about uh, regret or dealing with you know your own baggage, things you did wrong in the past. I mean, some of mm -hmm. it's you know edgy stuff that's about you know kind of glorifying the villains from movies or whatever um mm -hmm. but a lot of it is is actually kind of good and mentally healthy if you take what they're singing about as as a message and kind of strip away the you know the satanic seeming imagery that they use right so those would be too obvious um, yeah, I think that you know these guys. They, you know, they use it for you know for shock and um, you know you you're not again. I think that when you're operating in true deep um, evil secrecy, it's like witchcraft. Like the real witches never well, they're never going to come out and say, "Hey, everyone, I'm, I'm a witch," right? Right? Because mm -hmm. they're functioning in high like satanic stuff. They operate in secrecy. You wouldn't even know them. So basically, like those are you know the ones who come out and say, "Hey, I'll, uh, I'm the uh, you know this witch, and I practice that." And it's like, well, you're a poser. <laughs> yeah. You practice some spells, but you're not. <laughs> you're in no way you know engaged in what these real underground witches are doing. Right. I, I think it would be somebody who, like an Elon Musk. Oh, you're killing me. Who. <laughs> You know, he, he's doing things like he's, you know, there's a, oh God, what is it called? There's that well, satellite. Well, he's Neuralink, right? Right, he's right. Brought, yeah. brought sight to the blind. Mm -hmm. mm. He's offering your right to free speech back, you know, wherever that's at in the legal system, I don't know. But yeah. he is currently, some speculate, putting all these satellites out there because he right. knows how to offer free energy. So if you can give me free electricity that I can drive around in, I can power my house, do whatever. If I'm blind, you can make me see. You're giving me my right to free speech back if you purchase Twitter. I know that's kind of a stretch, but you guys yeah. get the basic idea <laughs> that he's bringing all this wonderful stuff and he just seems like such a nice guy and a sweet guy and you know everybody loves him he's saying all the right things and it used to be a long time ago where you kind of had to have a career in politics to get a 
high-level leadership job, right? Mm-hmm. And now it's like actors and businessmen and, you know, there's people talking about uh, Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, running for president. You know, Schwarzenegger was the governor of California. So that could be in his future. Isn't Jesse Ventura the... Isn't Jesse Ventura the governor of Minnesota? He was, yeah. Jesse Ventura... But he's on our side. We're talking about the bad guys here. So... Yeah. Uh, Yeah. No, you know, who knows? People, you know, people can, again, people can operate under its influence without even knowing it. And the scary thing is you don't have to bow down to uh, a statue of Baphomet or bow down to uh, a devil or demonic image Mm -hmm. or pentagram to be influenced by evil uh, or influenced by these demonic forces all you have to be is out of the the governance of God and you're under the the government of Satan well said all right well thanks so much for joining us tell everybody everywhere they can find you where they can get the book and if you want to plug any upcoming appearances you have go ahead and you're welcome to bust that out too if you want yeah I appreciate that yes sure um, so you can find Demons Among Us, shocking real-life stories from the paranormal. On um, Right now, it's exclusively on Amazon uh, in print and Kindle versions. And uh, upcoming soon um, is the Audible version or the audio ver- audiobook version. Mm-hmm. So keep an eye out for that. That should be coming out in the coming days. I don't have an actual target date because it keeps moving. Um, <laughs> but you can also find me online. Uh, at Instagram at m.r.gorga and at on Facebook at mrgorga. And uh, I don't have uh, appearances uh, live at the moment, uh, but I do have a, a boatload of podcasts and radio shows I, I have coming up with uh, uh, this month and next month. Awesome. Well, Thanks so much for joining us. This was super interesting, and it got a lot better than I even thought it was going to. I was excited. You can ask Ryan. I was excited about tonight's show, but, man, <laughs> that that last half hour was just killer. We appreciate awesome. that. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on. Thank you so much. All right. Well, uh, you know, when you have something coming up, if you've got something new that you want to promote or anything, uh, keep in touch with us for sure. I'm definitely going to get the book when it comes out on audiobook because I just I I walk my dog every day and I need something to listen to. So I'm going to check that. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I have a um, uh, I have a, a script, a full length feature length film. Uh, script I've been shopping so uh, hopefully uh, an agent or producer will will pick up on that um, it's uh, one it's a the most probably the most terrifying true to life um, witchcraft trial scripted that I know of mm. so it's uh, all the research that took place over the 350 years of you know witchcraft and demon stuff mm-hmm. um, it made it into this script so it's something I'm really excited about so um, so keep an eye out for that on the horizon uh, hopefully uh, I can uh, get the script with a screenplay sold and uh, we can make a movie that sounds awesome all right well you take care of- all right my friend well you have a blessed evening and thank you so much for your time awesome I appreciate that Thank you.
Thank you. Have a good one. That's all we've got for you tonight on Cryptique. Ryan and I hope you enjoyed MR Gorga. So go check out his stuff. And what what do you guys think? Where do you stand on demons and Christianity? And where do you and where do you stand on the idea that some alien encounters might actually be demons? I mean, we talked about the idea that demons breed with humans. Maybe some of these hybrid programs mm-hmm. that we talk about with UFOs, maybe that's not, you know, exactly what it seems. Well, a lot of people think that Bigfoot are Nephilim. So that's interesting too. But and let us know who you think the Antichrist is. Remember, it has to be somebody that everybody likes. So you can't pick Donald Trump. You can't pick <laughs> Joe Biden. You can't pick Hitler or Saddam Hussein. It's got to be somebody that everybody likes who's going to trick us. Let us know at crypticpodcast at gmail.com. If you're in the St. Louis area, definitely go check out Loading Bar. If you go in and you tell Ryan that you heard about the bar on Cryptique, he might hook you up with a free shot. You never know. Maybe. Don't forget to check out Exploring Evil for your true crime fix and Movie Hell for your Siskel and Ebert fetish. Good evening, Crypt Keepers. <laughs> <laughs>